재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Continuing International News Digest, uh, we move to Australia. A recent study conducted by Australian National University says the level of public trust, confidence and satisfaction in Australia's democracy has plummeted to a record low, uh, reflecting serious voter apathy and cynicism against the political establishment in that country. This actually follows a global pattern that we've seen. Angry voters, uh, which resulted in the election of Donald Trump as president of the United States. Britain's exit from the European Union, potentially more fireworks in countries like France and Germany with their upcoming elections. So to give us some political analysis on the situation, particularly in Australia, we're very pleased to have joining us from the University of Wollongong, history and politics, Professor Greg Malewish. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us, Professor. Uh, what do you make of that uh, recent uh, survey that was conducted by Australian National University? Does that uh, th- do the results of that survey uh, reflect from what you've been able to observe, sort of this, uh, a similar phenomenon? Yes, um, you know, in a, in, a, in a democracy like Australia, the most important thing is the relationship between the political ruling class, so to speak, and the general population, and I think. What it confirms is that there's a growing disconnect between uh, the political class on the one hand and the wider Australian population on the other. And one of the reasons for this is that uh, whereas in the past the politicians used to come from all sorts of backgrounds, uh, these days uh, the most popular route to becoming a politician is actually to have worked for a politician. So they're sort of you know, in their own little bubble, so to speak. So we we can't necessarily this is say this is a uniquely Australian uh, trend because uh, what we're seeing in in Europe as well as in the United States not necessarily the exact same phenomenon but there are similar elements right yes I think um, I think there's also a dissatisfaction with with government uh, uh, particularly as uh, you know economic times get uh, tougher uh, in in countries in the west uh as you know as as industries change there's a a group of people in countries like australia like america like britain who feel they've been left behind uh in the sorts of economic transformations that have been taking place particularly uh in australia for example uh yeah the 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 real decline in in uh manufacturing industry are there racial elements in Australia as we've seen in Europe and, and in the United States? Uh, well, I don't think there's been really that much. I mean, it's a, it's a different situation. Okay. The We haven't had the large number of um, refugees uh, coming into this country because, uh, as you probably know, the, the refugee policies of Australia are fairly Very strict, tough. Yeah. Um, and unlike America, where you get large numbers of Latinos uh, coming in from Mexico, uh, it's uh, uh, that doesn't happen either. Uh, now Australia does have a uh, you know a very open um, immigration policy, so it does have a large number of people from all parts of the world, uh, and by and large, um, you know that's been relatively successful um the only the only issues of course um is is uh, some some degree of problems with uh radical islam right 
the one benefit we could say that Australia's had, uh, at least for their political establishment, is that they've seen the trend uh, happen in in those places like the mm. U.S. and Europe. So you you wonder, um, knowing that, uh, can they benchmark off of those situations and perhaps? whether it's policy, whether it's tone, whether it's uh, uh, messaging, uh, try to avert the same phenomenon from occurring in Australia? Uh, yes, I, I don't think um, the situation is as, as acute as it is in in Britain or America. Uh, for example, at the, the last election, there were a number of uh, One Nation senators elected uh, but if you actually look at the proportion of the vote, it wasn't um, exceptionally high. Uh, Australians are fairly conservative. They tend to vote for the mainstream parties. Uh, the level of, There is a level of dissatisfaction, uh, but amongst certain quarters, particularly in, in sort of rural areas, uh, but it, I don't think it's reached the level that it has in other countries. So we don't necessarily expect, um, not that UKIP is, is a major party, but they certainly were very influential mm. in the lead up to the, uh, the Brexit mm. referendum. And the Republican Party is a very well established party in the United States, but certainly it's been mm. taken over by uh, certain elements that some might mm. extreme to, uh, deem to be right wing populism. Mm. We don't expect, whether it's a Le Pen like figure in France, but someone like Pauline Hansen in Australia to really kind of within subsequent elections uh, uh, take a, a larger role in Australian politics? Well, well, it is, it is the case that certainly uh, in the support for Hanson has increased. Um, there is a Queensland state election coming up next year and it does appear that she will have a role to play in that. But at a federal level, uh, it's, it's hard to see her... Uh, been much more than a, than an irritant at the moment. Her hmm. her support is largely, you know, it's located in in Queensland, where she's the most popular, um, and to a lesser lesser extent in other states. So it certainly is not then uh, to the extent that what we see with UKIP or or uh, Le Pen in France. Then, as it's no, right I now. I, not not well, not at the moment. But then. Uh, you know, it would depend, I think, on the economic circumstances and the financial circumstances of the country. Uh, where you know, Australia still hasn't had a recession for yeah. twenty-six years, uh, which is quite extraordinary. And bottom line, isn't that really the key? I mean, that's really what's kind of that old political cliche, right? It's the economy, stupid. And as long as um, with the Malcolm. Turnbull government, if they are residing in power during an economic recovery or it is perceived that the economy is going well, then a lot of this, uh, I suppose, consternation right now that we've been talking about would probably subside. Uh, yes, except that, of course, um, it's, un- it's uncertain at the moment uh, exactly what will happen in Australia economically over the... because. Yeah, the economy is is so dependent on uh, exports of raw materials, uh, especially to China. Mm-hmm. So uh, Australian economies are very much tied to the to, to the Chinese economy. Um, and the other the other problem that uh, the government faces at the moment is uh, it's had its AAA um, sovereign credit rating, rating. Yeah. Th- yeah, credit rating uh, threatened. Uh, and it's been put on notice that it really needs to uh, do something about its financial um, spending, uh, either raising money or, or cut, 
particularly cutting back its expenditure uh, if it's going to retain that AAA rating. Right. So uh, essentially, if the uh, if there is a link between the uh, the political uncertainty and the economic performance, uh, what you're saying mm. is, as we head into the next year, there are uh, certainly enough elements that could prove to be a bit problematic as far as the economy is concerned and then subsequently mm. then for the political situation. Uh, mm. I, all, I think, yeah. I mean, the political uncertainty, if you look at the two the two parts of Australia, which are Queensland and Western Australia, that are most uh, heavily um, involved in uh, selling coal and iron ore to China, uh, and they've, they're the ones who have suffered most right. with the decline in the prices, okay. and, and they're perhaps the ones where there's, particularly Queensland, where there, there's been uh, more sort of, as I said, with Pauline okay. Hanson's One Nation. We are unfortunately out of time. Professor, thank you so much for okay. joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, thank you.